I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Say his name! George Floyd! 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 Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Today's topic, covering protests. Joining us today is Josh Solomon, a reporter for the Times who normally covers city government in St. Petersburg. But these days, he's spending a lot of time out with police and protesters. Josh was kind enough to join us, even though he hasn't gotten a lot of sleep this week. Welcome, Josh. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> so um, let's go back sort of to the beginning and talk a little bit. I mean, Josh, you were one of, the, one of our first people out on the street covering these protests. Um, what were you expecting when you went out there? You know, that's a good question. Um, you know, of course, we had seen a lot of the, 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 the destruction and some of the violence um, by both protesters and the police happening in cities uh, all over the country. Um, but our first day, our first day of protesting here in the Tampa Bay area was Saturday. And I mean, it was, it, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of emotion. Uh, there was a fair amount of tension, but, but it was a, it was a good day. Uh, nothing bad happened. The police presence was relatively light. Uh, the protesters were, were relatively disciplined. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think they were, they were expressing, uh, you know, all the pain that they came to the police station with that day. Um, and then by about midnight, uh, the protest ended and it was, I think city officials were very proud of, of the performance of their police department. They were very proud of the performance of the city. And it seemed like, you know, maybe St. Petersburg was going to avoid, uh, a lot of the, uh, sort of explosive tension that was happening, was playing out in other cities, including in Tampa that night. Um, that didn't turn out to be totally the case. Although, relatively speaking, uh, the, the protests and demonstrations in St. Pete have remained um, mostly subdued. Right. We've had, we've had some problems in Tampa, especially that first weekend. Um, but there was, some, there was uh, looting and, and some fires set. Um, but since then, even in Tampa, things have been um, relatively peaceful, I'd say. They have been. Uh, you know... <laughs> It's funny, the, the, the situations in, in Tampa and St. Peter are so different. Um, in Tampa, uh, you know, there, there were, especially last week, demonstrations all over the city. Uh, and I think it made it um, more difficult for, uh, uh, for law enforcement to, to sort of monitor them and control them. Um, but also it sort of felt like uh, reading, you know, the coverage of colleagues that the, the protesters in Tampa were, were more disparate. Um, whereas in St. Pete, uh, it's been mostly one group in gathering and 
their organization over the last week or so has evolved to really to an impressive degree. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, been one of the key differences uh, because the really the focal point early on in St. Pete was the police station. And now there's this big march that happens twice daily at a certain time and it involves hundreds of people. Um, that, that's been, that's been one of the, the, the major differences I think has been the, uh, the very focused nature of the St. Pete demonstrations uh, against relatively unfocused demonstrations over in Tampa. Yeah. Josh, when you were going out initially, did you feel fearful or apprehensive? And Lane went out last week too for the first time. I want Lane can weigh in too, but how are you guys feeling as you're heading out there? I didn't really feel apprehensive at all. Um, you know, uh, I think that when when I went into it, the thing that I was most fearful of, frankly, was was being taken into custody by the police, um, because we had seen, you know, we had just seen uh, Omar Jimenez of CNN taken into custody live on TV. You know, I had seen all this uh, uh, Twitter traffic about journalists being shot at by pepper balls or rubber bullets, um, and so I went in. My primary goal when I went in was you know, trying to make sure that I wasn't going to get uh, uh, caught up in, in uh, police crowd dispersion tactics, that I wasn't going to get rounded up or cuffed or, or detained. Um, I, I, was, I was not fearful of, you know, walking around the protesters and being mixed in with the crowd and identifying myself as a journalist. Uh, so what I did initially on Saturday and then sub on subsequent days was I, I, would, uh, I wore a Times branded T-shirt uh, I wore my press badge out around my neck, which is something I don't usually do. Uh, and I made sure that the very first thing that I did was identify myself to some of the uh, commanding officers, officers who I know, who, who, who I inter I've interviewed, who I've written about, who know my name. Um, and I just said, you know, basically that I'm here. This is what I'm wearing. If I'm in your way, please let me know. Uh, you know, of course, I'm going to follow any orders given by law enforcement. I'm not trying to, you know, become a problem or distraction for anybody. Uh, and it's funny, they all kind of just blew me off. Like, of course, you know, we know who you are. We're not worried about you. Um, and so that, that made me feel a little bit better. Uh, then on the, on the first night that things got kind of tense on Sunday night, when there was the first explosive clear out of the interstate of the intersection in front of the police station. Um, you know, as we were, as all the protesters were being cleared out and, you know, uh, uh, I was sort of over in a, in a corner with a colleague, uh, there was a, a Pinellas County Sheriff's deputy who didn't know me. Uh, I didn't know him. Um, and you know, he started, uh, barking at us in, in a very aggressive nature. Um, and it, it sort of made me realize in the moment that all of the work I put in to try to avoid a situation where, um, you know, I'm being caught up in the middle. Uh, it, it really didn't matter once the clear out started. I don't know every single officer in Pinellas County. Every single officer doesn't know me. Uh, of course, I know the command staff, but that it actually didn't, it didn't go terribly far. Uh, and then we ended up seeing that play out two nights later uh, when our colleague Jay Cridlin was in St. Petersburg, was, was taken into custody in St. Pete. And then uh, uh, Divya Kumar was taken into custody over in Tampa. Um, that's, that's what I was most fearful of. Uh, again, I, I wasn't fearful at all of being mixed in with the crowd and identifying myself as a reporter among protesters. 
Lane, you want to jump in? What was your What was your thought going out? I feel like a wimp going after Josh because I really I kind of was wimp. I kind of was fearful. Um, I think I was fearful of, of tear gas and of rubber bullets and of things that the cops were dispersing into the crowd more than I was fearful of being arrested. Um, but it turned out I was worried about all the wrong things because <laughs> I mean, being part of the crowd was really interesting because you, I, we were trying to stay to the edge and not mix with the crowd, but also of course we're not with the police. So it was interesting to try to find your, your spot there you did, the people in the crowd kept saying join us join us you know and I had my times t-shirt on too and was like no we're with the media and and that didn't elicit negative responses but some people were like oh walk away from us you know what I mean they wanted to like get their distance from us but I think the other surprising part was that um, three different people stopped me and my colleague Emily and thanked us for being there um, I've been a reporter for 30 years covering everything from mass shootings to hurricanes. I've never, ever had anybody thank me for being there. Um, it was a young, probably your age, Josh, like a young, you know, mid twenties white guy the first time. And then a guy with dreads the second time. And it was like, it was so surprising that they were grateful that we were there, you know, but I, I wasn't worried about covering news cause I've done that my whole life, but I, I, I should have been because I wish I'd been with you too, Josh, because <laughs> you've guided me through these technological things before, but it was really, really, really hard for me to keep up with the crowd that was marching really, really fast and to try to tweet and text and send photos and keep the photographer and the other reporter in my eyes and watch my back to see what was happening when these pickup trucks were speeding by, especially after it got dark. Um, so I found the reporting and the filing the thing that I should have been worried about more than the, the crowd and the rubber bullets. <laughs> I will say, so here at the Times, we have been building a, a kind of a, a tip sheet from the get-go, and we've just been adding to it and modifying it based on what the reporters and photographers are seeing out there, and we've been trying to figure out best practices. Obviously, we've We've all covered protests to some degree before, but I, something that's been go, that's been this ongoing and and this extreme, and of course we have we have Tampa and St. Pete that we're covering, and occasionally other cities and counties where things are breaking out. So the the tip sheet, if you're not doing that in your own newsroom, you probably should because it's been very helpful to get feedback from people and then try to adapt that. And one of the big conversations we had, and these guys have both mentioned it, is whether to identify ourselves more directly as the media and particularly, you know, the Tampa Bay Times, um, you know, we, we, we had a lot of conversation about that. Do we put ourselves in more jeopardy by, by kind of having a, a billboard say, you know, you work, you work with the, the media these days. Um, on the other hand, I think the, the experience that you both have had is that uh, we are a regional newsroom. I think that a lot of the people who read us and follow us, know that and and they feel appreciative of the work we do so there's not the animus that there may be in other other places around the country especially with national media um but that's even that even evolving our thinking on that has been really interesting to sort of say to people yes you know make sure that you very clearly uh, signal who you are so I, I assume that you guys didn't feel like that put you in more jeopardy that that seemed like it has been a good thing it, to me i i thought that was uh, one of the, the biggest safety measures I could take was being clear and upfront about, about who I am. And then when, you know, when the officers uh, in those clear outs where they would throw these flashbang grenades uh, three nights or four nights in a row uh, and the, the officers would pour out of the police station in riot gear and 
there'd be uh, deputies who would come back them up in dozens of, of patrol cars and it got kind of chaotic. The only thing that kept us uh, from, you know, being detained uh, was yelling and screaming at the top of our lungs that we were reporters. We were reporters. Um, and, and Maria, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, we come from a, a, a local newsroom. Um, and so even if a particular officer or deputy doesn't know me, the, you know, the reporter who happens to be standing there, you know, they know the brand, they know the Tampa Bay Times, they know that we're local. Um, and so I thought that that afforded me uh, an extra level of protection. This was not say, you know, St. Petersburg didn't have the National Guard and I didn't work for, you know, uh, 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 some foreign news outlet. When I say foreign, it could be foreign or, or just not from the Tampa Bay area. You know, I didn't parachute into the community uh, and we weren't working with uh, law enforcement officers who also parachuted into the community. And so I do think that sort of amid the chaos, if we could get across that we were local professionals here to do a job, much the same, that you know, just like they were, uh, it, it, it bought us a lot of goodwill and sort of as soon as the temperature, you know, dropped within a minute or two of the clear out, um, we were given free reign to roam the intersection. Uh, the TV reporters were allowed to do their live shots right in front of the police station, which, you know, not two minutes ago had been occupied by protesters. Um, you know, I was allowed to walk wherever I wanted. I got access to the chief, uh, you know, which of course was valuable in terms of our storytelling. And so it was, I thought that, I really do think that, that identifying ourselves as reporters and being from the city where this was taking place, uh, being from a known entity, uh, was, was the most valuable thing. And I, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, if given a chance to do it again, I certainly would not have been more discreet about who I was. If anything, I would have been louder about who I was. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think it also helped Josh that, that we knew the city. I mean, I think even if I had been sent to Tampa, I would have had a harder time. But the crowds, you know, I know the city intimately. I've been here for 20 years and the crowds kept turning corners and you know, if I didn't know the city and where we were going, it would have been a lot more disconcerting to try to get ahead of them or catch up with them, you know, and um, know that the tenor of, oh, this is this neighborhood they're going in now. This is a really different place to take this, you know. So I, just in terms of like, yes, local reporting, I think it made a difference in terms of how we could cover it too, just being from here. Absolutely. And and the really nice thing uh, was that the St. Pete protesters, you know, they were predictable. They would walk the same routes every day at the same time. Uh, and so it made it really easy both to sort of monitor the crowd, to swap reporters in and out. Where are you? Where, where was the crowd 30 minutes ago? Where might they be heading? Um, and yes, absolutely. The fact that this was happening in St. Pete, Atlanta City that we both cover, um, where, you know, uh, the, the, the streets, by the way, are numbered. Uh, it, it's a perfect grid, which makes it really easy to sort of navigate as well, um, I think helped immensely. 
I was going to ask you guys, what are some of the moments that stayed with you? I, you know, obviously you're covering something really unprecedented in our careers. Uh, I'm now wondering, you know, months and months from now, when you're looking back, what's, what's going to stick with you? What are some of the things that, that really stand out? Wait, do you want to go first? Um, I, I joined Thursday's protest right as it was getting started um, in a very nice upscale neighborhood of St. Petersburg. And all these people were pulling up in their cars to kind of figure out what was going on. Uh, they blocked traffic at a major intersection right about five o'clock. So lots of people, you know, coming, trying to come through there anyway. And there was a grandmom, maybe a great grandmom, I don't know, an elderly, elderly black woman who brought her three little grandkids. And she was trying to figure out, they were little, they were like three, five, and six maybe. And they were trying to figure out how to join the protest, if they should join the protest. She didn't think she could walk with everybody. And she ended up getting in her car, it kind of in the back of the um, group of people. And she followed for like five hours. I mean, I was out there for five hours. And this grandma, would she would hand her little grandkids, you know, apple juice in the back seat and stuff. But it was just, it struck me how much, she wanted to be part of that and to show these little kids a piece of this, you know, and, and even if it meant driving instead of walking, she was going to be there. And that, I think that'll stick out with me. There were, there were a couple moments. Um, actually one of the, one of the moments that I think will stick with me the most was the very first day. So Saturday, uh, uh, I believe it was May 30th or May 31st. Um, maybe two or 300 people had gathered in front of city hall, uh, to do sort of a rally and then they they marched themselves over to the police department maybe eight blocks away uh and what i found particularly noteworthy was that there was not one single uniformed police officer in sight uh and this crowd of two or three hundred people marched themselves along a major thoroughfare in the city over to the police station and they did so i mean it was it was almost remarkable how the, the crowd sort of moved like one organism uh, and they didn't really need or ask for any level of guidance or protection or uh, uh, help, assistance from the police department. I thought that was, um, I guess I'm not, I, maybe I didn't really know what to expect, but I, I thought that was a moment that kind of stuck with me. Like uh, uh, it, it just felt very purpose-driven, the whole crowd as one. Um, that was on Saturday. That was that was the first day when uh, uh, when the protests were uh, almost felt 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 very productive, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, and it didn't end that night in explosions. Um, another moment I think that will stick with me for a long time is the next night when police decided to clear the intersection uh, after midnight in front of the police station using the explosives for the first time. Um, and I know that. You know, compared to what may have happened in Atlanta or compared to what may have happened and it would be happening in Minneapolis or Washington, D.C. or New York City, you know, uh, uh, the tactics that the police station used, I mean, were probably measured by comparison. But um, that was a really scary moment. Uh, it was it was really weird to be so close to, to these explosions. And I mean, I was fearful for for my safety and. Uh, I think it gave me sort of a, a sense of what, um, you know, the, the protesters fear when they go out and what may, you know, the, what, what they may be exposed to. Um, but that was, I mean, that was wild. It felt, uh, uh, calling it like a war zone feels kind of like a cliche, but for, for 30 seconds, there were explosions in the street of St. Pete. 
Um, I never, I, 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 I never anticipated that. Uh, and that was, that was wild. That will stick with me for a long time. Can you guys talk about what's, what's been the best um, advice you've gotten during this period or, or that you've given? I mean, now that you've been, we've been doing this for several days, uh, what, do you, what, what do you think, uh, I'm looking for advice that you can share with other journalists around the country. I did a story for Sunday that was really well received and, and got a lot of uh, mail on both sides, but I think anybody could do this one. I, I went out. I was sort of getting frustrated by everybody just saying like, oh, I want justice. I want my voice to be heard. And I, I kept thinking like, as a journalist, right? Like what's the third level of follow-up questions? Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? And I'm really curious to hear from you too, Josh. Like I have zero idea of what it's gonna to take to end these protests. I, I can't imagine what would satisfy these people. There's nothing concrete that I can see that would be done. Everybody has such a different things they want from this and such I mean, a lot of the same reasons for being there, but different goals and objectives. So I think, you know, if you guys go out there and you're covering protests in your own cities, ask the people, like, what specific things law enforcement or the leadership can do. I mean, part of our job as journalists is to further this conversation. And I don't see a lot of that happening on the streets. You know, I see a lot of enthusiasm. I see a lot of passion. But I don't see a lot of, like, here's what it's going to take for us to stop coming out every night, you know? And so I think that would be a good conversation to start in your own communities. I think with, uh, with regard to like actually physically doing the, the coverage, uh, my biggest advice might be that the adrenaline rush can only take you so far. Uh, I feel like um, I, was on a, I was operating off of adrenaline three days in a row. And, and, and then after that, I uh, definitely needed a break. Um, Last week was a long week, uh, and you know if if there's a way, uh, if if you're a reporter covering the protests or if you're a newsroom leader, you know leading protest coverage, get people in and out. Um, I mean these are you know 10, 12 mile days. If your protest, if the protesters in your city may be marching, um, you know they're long, they're organized, they're angry, they're passionate. Uh, you know, a particular reporter may be angry and passionate as well, but they're doing, they're there to do a job and they have to come back and do the job again the next day and the next day and the next day. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult because the work is so, feels so mission driven. Uh, we're out there to cover, you know, civil, uh, you know, unrest and, and, you know, monitor use of force and provide a voice to those who are so often unheard uh, and, you know, really, uh, uh, give an account, a historical account, you know, of what's happening in the cities that we cover. And so I understand the, the, the urge to work 15 hours and do every single thing. Um, but I think by the end of last week after, you know, I worked a week where I worked five days in a row, 15 hours, it was, it became very difficult, uh, to, to, you know, to keep up, to, uh, continue to tell the story, you know, in, in, in the same level of enthusiasm. Uh, and so get some rest, you know, do all the things that, that reporters, that, that folks always tell people to do. Uh, but, but in a, in a, this is, this is absolutely a marathon and not a sprint. And so it requires, you know, folks to, to recharge so they can come back at it uh, with the same level, level of enthusiasm the next day. 
I want to give a shout out to Josh here too, just for a second. Cause I, Josh, I have no idea how many days in it was on Thursday when you came, but one of the hard things, like being a newspaper reporter for all these years, when, when you cover a tragedy, when you cover a hurricane, one of the things that does lift you up is being back with your colleagues, either in the newsroom or at a bar or somewhere to gather and sort of like decompress and be all in this together. And we haven't been able to do that. You know, coronavirus has sort of stolen our opportunity to lift each other up in person. And uh, at the end of a very long march the other night, we were all, our feet were done. We were thirsty and hungry. Josh, on his night off, came and picked us up like a knight in shining armor in his car, had water, had sandwiches, drove us back to where our cars were so we didn't have to walk another seven miles. And it was just that kind of thing of like lifting up your colleagues and just being there. It was such so important. And, and so I just wanted to say thanks, Josh. That was an amazing moment. You're welcome. I'm glad he said that about um, taking some time off, though, too, because he needs it as much as anybody. And, and it's true. They, we, everyone gets so caught up in these moments. And, but this is a marathon without end. We don't know when it's going to end even. So um, I think that's really great advice about pacing yourself um, and trying to take care of yourself. And, and, it, and we hadn't even talked about COVID until just now. But that's been another complicating factor, of course, in the middle of all of this. Um, all right. So if you have any questions for Lane or for Josh, or would like to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. Or find us on our Facebook group. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Allison Graves. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.